Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Exurgat Deus dispenter de nemici eius et fugiancio derum deum afacia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. As I record this, it's about 10 minutes to 1 a.m. And as I'm wont to do, I usually put like a podcast or something on um, when I'm laying down and I'm trying to get my brain to relax. Usually somebody who talks, you know, know, with a nice good, um, a nice good drone, an evening drone, something to, you know, something to fall asleep to. But occasionally I'm stupid and I pick content that I actually pay attention to, and it keeps my brain running. And this was one of those, and well, I mean, you know, c'est la vie. I mean, it's, it is what it is. But it made me realize that I have so much to give thanks to God for, and I need to explain. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Archangelo, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est o praesidium. Imperatili deus supplicas de precamur, duque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignosque ad peditionam animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum Miserere Nobis, Mater Dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Sancta Michael Archangela, ora pro nobis. Omnes Angelis Domini, orate pro nobis. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <coughs> so... <laughs> I've talked about my past a little bit here and there. Um, I've actually gone into great detail. But I never placed a timeline. And I think at this point I should. 
through the course of 2011 into 2012, my personal life was descending into the ultimate lowest layers of sin, concupiscence, and diabolical disorientation. Um, spiritually, not in my life, but spiritually, I was at the absolute lowest point of my life in December of 2012. I often have said, um, not in, obviously not on the podcast, because I haven't really put a whole lot of timeline stuff in the podcast, but I have often said that on December 21st, 2012, my life ended. That my whole world had actually collapsed around me, and I just hadn't gotten the memo yet. The reason why this is important is because the podcast I put on was Dr. Taylor Marshall, and he's talking about Pope Benedict being forced to resign. And when you look at the timeline, I was within 24 hours of all of the lowest points that were actually happening in the media and in the church, and because I was actually so far removed from the church, I honestly had no idea any of this stuff was going on. No, no idea whatsoever. When the Pope resigned, I had no idea. In fact, fun fact. The day the Pope announced his resignation and the evening that lightning struck the Vatican, I was notified that I was under investigation by the Criminal Investigation Division of the United States Army. On that day. The day he announced his resignation, <laughs> and for those of you who know the rest of the story, I would eventually be court-martialed. Um, I would eventually be sent to prison later that year, <clears throat> and it was in prison when I would slowly begin to, like, well, actually, it was in prison when I was absolutely wrecked and realized that what I was doing was absolutely broken. Um, and I was doing a lot of research in the church. We had books on church history and things of that nature, and I was digging, digging, digging. And so I was trying to find a way to make my way back to some, some semblance of sanity um, when the doors just sort of slowly peeled open one at a time, very, very slowly, mind you but slowly peeled open one at a time, and I would eventually return to the Catholic faith. <clears throat> and by very, very slowly, I mean, I went to prison at the end of 2013. And it would be another two years before I would come back to the faith. Um, and, of course, digging through it and all that other, and lots of other stuff. I mean, you know, it's prison and all that, and so whatever. Um, <clears throat> and I would come back to the faith, and then I would start the very, very long trek in 2015. It would be a seven-year voyage, in fact, 
to uh, to roughly today, actually. But it would be a little bit longer than seven years getting to this point. But when we reach this November upcoming, just prior to Advent, about two weeks before Advent will be the 10th anniversary the 10th anniversary of the total material destruction of everything that I had believed and thought to be and thought to be true <clears throat> the um but this you know as dour and down as this actually sounds this is actually quite possibly the most magnificent thing I have ever known. Because if you look at the timeline of the things that were actually going on in the Vatican, when I look at the timeline, I was only within a couple of days of all of these major events where major events were happening in my life that were slowly picking apart and breaking apart everything in my life. I mean, that whole year of 2012, I can almost track it in March you had you had the you had the major scandal in March was my actual last second no excuse me would be the fifth time that I would attempt a suicide in my life I mean like <clears throat> there were other moments and I don't remember the precise days but I do remember that in March that was actually going down in my life and I was also simultaneously getting ready to come back uh, to America from Afghanistan and so like a lot of stuff going on. And through the course of the year of 2012, I actually just kind of pulled the, all of the restraints off one by one so that by the end of the year in 2012, for all intents and purposes, particularly from a very Catholic point of view, I was a monster. I was an absolute monster. It was literally that year. It was just like the, just the wheels just came off. But as <clears throat> Dr. Marshall was mentioning the dates when these things were happening, and he's saying this, and I'm going, I remember that that day. I don't remember it for that because I didn't remember any because I wasn't actually paying any attention to what was going on in the Vatican. But in the but in the dates and the time periods he's giving, I'm remembering exactly what's happening in my own life. December twenty second, the Pope. pardoned his butler for what seemed to be his betrayal in the Vatileaks scandal. December 22nd was the seventh and final time that I would attempt suicide. That's how close everything was. <clears throat> the Roman pontiff would then announce 
that he was resigning and he would announce that he was resigning on the same day that I would get read to me that I was being charged by the criminal investigator, or excuse me, that I was under investigation, not even that I was getting charged, that I was under investigation by the Army's Criminal Investigation Division. And it's really funny because after that happened, I hadn't changed anything. per se, because I was already kind of moving in the direction where I was like, you know what, we're going to start living life differently. Because I didn't really have a choice. The seventh and final time that I attempted suicide, um, the gun failed to operate. A gun that I had actually taken to a, ra to, to a range and shot, I think maybe two or three weeks prior, that I knew full well functioned perfectly. Uh, quite possibly the best firearm I'd ever had. And it did not operate. <clears throat> or at least, I should say it did not operate. I kept the bullet for a long time. I've since lost the bullet because I've, you know, I've been halfway around the world since then. Physically halfway around the world since then. Um, and I don't actually have much of what I had with me. Like, I don't have most of the personal effects that I had at that time. I do still have them. They're just in storage about 3,000 miles away from where I'm at now. The, um... But, yeah... December 22nd, and it didn't even occur to me, because I remember it was right around the winter solstice, and it, was, and it was a couple of days before Christmas. And right around the winter solstice and a couple of days before Christmas actually kind of plants it pretty comfortably on the 22nd of December. Um, dreadfully, dreadfully funny. Not funny, haha, -ha, I guess, but you know, odd. <clears throat> but yeah, on the on the day that he, uh, on that the Holy Father pardoned his butler for his uh, apparent betrayal, that was the same day. That was the same day that you could say my guardian angel intervened in the into the proper functioning of my pistol. The, at least best I could recall, but that was, <laughs> I just looked it up on the calendar and yeah, it, it meshes pretty well. The, <clears throat> yeah, and then a couple of months later he would announce his, re his resignation of the papacy, which happened to coincide with the day that I was read, <clears throat> read my rights. And things kind of proceeded. And it's funny because it was right about that time. Because I've been trying to figure out exactly what. What could have been the precipitating event that would bring me back to the Catholic faith? Because 
as I've told you, I'm the only practicing Catholic in my family, so I only really have a couple of options. I either have a family member who's in heaven who thought of me, or nothing really to pin it to. But I do know that right about the time the Holy Father would have actually headed in that direction, given the scope of everything that was going on. And think about it. Everything that was going on in the church, the binders of documents, that's it, you know, the 300-page dossier, that everybody that people talk about uh, that was given to the to the Holy Father to Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. What did it include? Well, we know in general, it included financial scandal. It included moral scandal. It included predation at the highest levels, corruption all the way through the Curia, all the way through the Church, probably in no small and actually clearly and would have included a lot of the stuff that was going on with Ted McCarrick and things of that nature. And so when the Holy Father retreated to private life, what do you think would have been on his mind? What do you think would have been the things that would have been the top of his list of things to be praying about? Corruption, sexual immorality, wickedness all the way through the like all of those things would have been and while it's possible that you know the grace was put in other areas the only actual explanation that i have for my return to the faith the only one where I could say where the graces were poured out, because I know I did not do the penance in my own life. I know I did not say the prayers in my own life. Like, I know I did not do the things that Our Lady would have, like, any, any of those things that would have been the marker, the, the markers for predestination. I know I didn't do any of those things. One, I was too young, and my family didn't know to teach me those things at the time. And when I walked away from the faith, I really walked away from the faith. So I, you know, like it just done, gone for close to 30 years, 28, 27, 28 years, something like that. <clears throat> Came back to Christianity in that sort of heretical sense um, after nine years, but Pretty much for 20, right around 27, 28 years, I was away from the faith. Pretty much from age 7 until age 35. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. 
tap the banner to go to monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I wouldn't have done any of that. I tend to do more now, but it is distinctively possible. And I don't know for sure. My guardian angel might actually sit down with me one day and be like, yo, bro, no, that had nothing to do with it. But it is a non-zero chance distinctively possible that it was the sacrifices made by the Holy Father, Pope Benedict XVI. Which is weird. Because I never really thought about it one way or the other. I thought it was sad that he didn't stay and fight. But I also know that to choose to go the path that he did would have been ridiculously painful. I have, there's no doubt in my mind that every single day of the pontificate of Pope Francis caused, Pope, caused Benedict the utmost pain and suffering. To be able to have to put on a, a, a happy face, a smiling face, and watch as Francis eviscerated everything. And keep in mind, like, we look at what he did with Traditionis Custodis as being a rebuke and rejection of the Sumorum Pontificum, and yes, without a doubt, to be sure, without a doubt. But was that really the first one? I mean, did Benedict, back when he was Cardinal Ratzinger, did he not come out and say that these things, there are these and list a bunch of things that were never supposed to change, it could, that could never change under the, under the church, and did not Francis undercut and undermine with every single encyclical, every single encyclical, every single interview, every single word spoken from his mouth, did he not undercut every single one of those things that Cardinal Ratzinger and later Pope Benedict XVI had actually said could never be moved from the church? Has 
Francis not basically has his entire, well, as Dr. Marshall says, putative pontificate, has it not been a repudiation of everything that Benedict XVI stood for? Do you honestly believe that Benedict XVI would not have looked at the actions of Francis every single day, every single interview he gave, every one of those nasty little vile interviews that come out from Eugenio Scalfari, that, that vile little atheist vermin, calls himself a journalist, did not every one of those interviews, would those have not cut Pope Benedict to the quick? Do you think Pope Benedict XVI knew that Francis keeps images of Judas in his office? So I have a hard time believing that Pope Benedict XVI did not suffer in his last days. He may, it may not have been obvious. And whether or not you believe, because I mean, let's be real, you know, Benedict was back when he was, back when he was Father Ratzinger and, and Bishop Ratzinger was one of the architects of one of the, of, of the core of the problem that we have today. You know, Joseph Ratzinger, the theologian, was part of the problem in the aftermath of the Second Vatican Council. And yes, he wanted to pump the brakes on it. Yes, he, he realized that things were getting really, really out of hand. Yes, he realized that Curia was completely out of control. But this was with his help. And I think he suffered greatly as a result. And I believe, having spent the last 10 years of his life, two years longer than when he was the Pope, in prayer and penance, I believe that he would have basically actually accounted for all of that. Having to suffer in silence. I have no doubt in my mind <clears throat> that he suffered a significant chastisement when he co-authored that book with Cardinal Robert Seurat. There's no doubt in my mind. There was so much controversy there, and you know, and and you know that was pretty much the last thing he wanted to have was have some kind of controversy sur surrounding his name, because no matter what happened there, it was going to do damage. It was going to cause confusion. And oh, hey, by the way, Francis is not the nicest guy. After hearing a lot of the stuff spoken about, uh, the arguments as to whether or not he, you know, resigned the the, the office of the papacy because he did, because he used the word ministry rather than munis, I got to be perfectly honest with you. Like all of the people who say that they know stuff about these sort of things are really kind of stupid. Like if you listen to them for any period of time, they're going to shoot themselves right in the crotch. 
claiming expertise in one way or the other. And so, yes, verbally, I, I would expect someone, someone as, as erudite as, as, uh, as Joseph Ratzinger to know the difference and to be able to actually spell it out properly exactly what its intent is. Yes, I would expect that. There's also no doubt in my mind that he was forced out. Things people don't really pay attention to. So, December 31st, the Vatican Bank was shut down, effectively. And it was not allowed to reopen until a Swiss finance company interceded the day after his resignation. So, the Vatican Bank was basically shut down for what they could and could not do from December 31st up until March 1st, the day after Benedict resigned. The day after his resignation became effective. And since then, every attempt to dig into the Vatican's finances shows... A vermin-infested cesspool that stinks so bad that you don't even really want to look at it because to look at it gets you dirty. And that's been the operation under, under Francis. I think the only thing that's really, that's funnier, because I don't know exactly when the lightning struck the Vatican, but that may have actually been the precise moment that I was being read my rights. Just, you know, accounting for time lag. For time lag. Weird. Anyway. No, I don't think I'm particularly important in the whole scheme of salvation history. But it just occurred to me that it was probably Papa Benedetto who's principally responsible for my return to the faith. That it is most likely Papa Benedetto who sacrificed, and it was his grace, the great, the merit, the grace that he merited, excuse me, and it, it gets really, really difficult to parse these words from time to time. Um, but it was very likely the grace he merited that brought me back to the faith. That gave me the grace to float up out of the cesspool. Because if you think I came out of that cesspool on my own, you are out of your mind. It took years to even realize that that was a cesspool. It took years for me to realize that I was going to have to actually make a lot of changes to how I see the world. And oh, hey, by the way, I wasn't done. After I made a few changes, I was like, oh, hey, okay, cool. And things changed, you know, and things shifted significantly. But it would still be years Nine years. 
nine years in total. 10 if you count the lightning strike that happened in my own life. <clears throat> Remarkable. And so, I suppose this is I suppose this episode is actually going to be the my personal final farewell to Papa Benedetto. Holy Father, thank you. For if it were not for the merits that you that that can be directly attributed to you and the grace that would result from that, I would not even be Catholic today. And I can say, like in the Catechism of St. Pius X, that I am Catholic by the grace of God and by the merits of your sacrifice tied together with our Lord's. Fidelium animae per misericordiam dei requiescat in pace. And for Papa Benedetto in particular, requiem aeternum donaeis domine, et lux perpetua luciat, requiescat in pace. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.